Hello, welcome to this edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. As usual, the show is brought to you by Built Bar. We still have that $10 off for your first order at BuiltBar.com with the promo code Locked On. so always remember that. Welcome back this week. I'm sorry I did not have an episode on Friday. You know, I was busy celebrating my college graduation. It still is kind of weird that I'm officially an alumni, and now that I have to actually, you know, look for full-time jobs at places. So, um, different. And this is it, it feels really, really weird because school is all I've known for basically almost my whole life, and now that I basically never have to go back to school again unless I want to get my master's. But to be honest, I'm not really interested in going to getting my master's. I don't think I need it really for what I want to do. Um, it's just, it's just a weird feeling that I never really have to go back to school again, unless, you know, unless I want to, you know, I I needed to do this. I did it. Um, I remember the biggest thing was, you know, after I graduated high school, I always, people were like, Oh my God, congratulations. Like you did so well. I'm like, don't congratulate me for graduating high school. You know, I didn't really give a shit in high school. I I basically just said, you know, congratulate me, congratulate me when I graduate college. Cause I feel like for me, like that's just such a more bigger accomplishment than just graduating high school where I did not like most of the people in my high school. But, um, yeah, it's just, this felt good. You know, I worked my ass off and, you know, I was able to do it and, um, yeah. So now we're here, um, three episodes this week. We'll do, um, franchise. What ifs we've been doing that a lot these last couple of weeks, we may not be doing as much of it this week. Um, this week though is a big week around the NHL. Um, it looks like we may have, um, the NHL draft announcement, but the bigger, bigger news is that we may be close to a preliminary plan for the NHL um, for the 2014 playoff. It's been gaining a lot of traction this past weekend. Pierre Lebrun reported it. Um, also, Renaud Lavoie, the uh, the French reporter for the NHL, he also reported it on his website. But for Pierre Lebrun, basically, you know, they they said they've been talking throughout the weekend. They're making progress on the 2014 format, but he also says. They're stretching. There's still work to be done, but the weekend has provided produced some traction. So good news for the NHL on this front. But you know, as me and some others have said, I also know Dom of the Athletic basically said this. You know, I I just everyone who knows I've talked about this a lot on this podcast. You know, anyone who knows me knows. You know, I'm not a big fan of the 2014 format. Um, I think rewarding a team like Chicago Montreal is garbage. They don't deserve it. You know, you can throw this. Oh my god, like they're doing it for money revenue. It's just like, you know, uh, okay, cool. I mean, it's just I think a 20 team format is is much better. Hell, you can do 22, um maybe you can do even do odd numbers, but it's just 24 team format. It's just it's weird. We've also had more details about it over the weekend. Apparently, there's an idea floating around what they might do for those that did not see um on Twitter and um Athletic and all that. They're going to have like a round robin thing. So like the divisional teams, they're going to meet up in their hub cities, basically. I think the Rangers, though, are going to move over to the Atlantic just to make it all even. You know, six times four, 24. Um, yeah, I actually did a math thing there. So um, and basically what they're going to do is they're going to have have five round robin games each. And your point percentage of that combined with your overall point percentage before the NHL season pause will play into how you get seeded. So, and apparently the top two teams in the, each division for this get a bye week. So, for of course that's four teams per conference. And then basically you'll have a 4 versus 5 and a 3 versus 6, a best of 3, and then the idea also has after that it goes best of 7. Um 
in this in this scenario, if the Penguins were not to potentially get a buy, they would play someone pretty far down in the division. Also, if they don't do that, um, there's the chance that the Penguins would play Montreal in the best of three series. If they do not do this idea with the round robin, the I think round robin makes more the more the most sense. Excuse me, because. The NHL has been wanting to get these regular season games, well, in quotation marks, regular season games. They want to play some warm-up games, I guess I should say, before the playoffs come back. So I guess that fulfills the requirement for that. I just still hate the fact that they're doing 24 teams. And, you know, you're you're sacrificing, you know, a team like Pittsburgh's chances of doing a lot of damage in the playoffs, you know, Toronto, because, you know... Like I, I was seeing some ideas yesterday on Twitter, and you know, one of them I think that stuck out with me that I actually agreed with was why don't the top three seeds in each div, um, division get a buy, you know, and, and not have to have like let's say you know for the Metro, well let's say it's Washington and Philadelphia get the buy. Why should Pittsburgh have to play a best of three when they earned a top three spot in their division? Um, out in the Atlantic, you know, you have Tampa and, and Boston, Toronto. You know, why should? One of those three teams get to play um, one of the one of the really really bad teams in their division, but the other two teams get a bye week. It's just it, it, it's weird. And and the Penguins also had a really 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 good record, better than some of the Western Conference teams that are in their top three for their respective divisions. So I just don't like that they would be punished. But some of the other teams in the Western Conference who are in the top two in their division who don't have a, as good of a point percentage as the Penguins get to basically have a bye week. It's just, I feel like that's kind of ludicrous to me. I think if you did the the top three teams in each division getting a bye week and then the wild card teams squaring off with the teams directly below them in the standings, you can still have the 24-team format. I think that's the way to go. I think that's a better solution if you want to do the 24-team format. Though, I still would rather have a 20-22 to uh team format because for the 20 you can have you know eight versus nine seven versus ten you can have a best of three then the winners go in they play the top seeds you know you can have the 22 team format too eight versus nine seven versus ten um six versus eleven boom you have those three teams go into the 16 team playoff you can do a best of five best of seven i think they're still kind of weird that they think the nhl thinks that they're going to do a best of seven series for when they get back to the 16 teams after they do 24 um, if they, uh, I think you gotta have to do a best of five at first, maybe for the first round or two, and then maybe go best of seven, like baseball does it. And then best of seven, of course, for the Stanley Cup final. I mean, that's, that's a given, you know, every sport does that except outside the NFL, which we all know they do the Super Bowl. I saw some suggestions for doing a wild card game like thing with the, which the MLB does that you're just, you're just putting so much randomness into one game. I mean, take it from me. I'm a Washington Nationals fan. My team, of course, won the World Series this past year. In the wildcard game, they were down 3-1 to one in the bottom of the eighth inning, two outs. Juan Soto basically hits a base hit to right field. It was basically a routine base hit. It, it was game was going to be tied anyway, but they won the game because the guy, the right fielder, Trent Grisham, made an error. The ball went under his glove, and the Nationals were able to win the game 4-3 to because the, the bases got cleared. It's just it's just stuff like that can happen in ho- hockey. I, I know it's a kind of a weird comparison, but you know, just randomness like that, I should say, can happen like that in hockey. It happens all the time, especially in a one game thing. If you're doing like an MLB wild card thing, that's just that's even wor- even a worse idea. I just I cannot get behind that sort of thing. Um, you got to do at least best of three. You got to give another team at least one game um, to basically just bounce back. <laughs> 
And then if they do, you know, you have the game three, which, which basically, you know, just some, you know, we all know what game three is, you know, the decider, best two out of three, or, you know, they can do best of five, four, you know, three out of five, who cares? Just don't do an MLB wildcard thing. That's just, there's so much randomness in it. And so there's just so much randomness. If you Pittsburgh, put Pittsburgh, say Pittsburgh versus Montreal, you know, there is a lot of randomness that goes into those best of three series. You know, sometimes weird shit, weird shit happens, you know. Pucks go in off players' asses and in. They go off their backs and in. There's a penalty that should have been called that's not called. So much more randomness goes into it in all these series. And, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. I think it'll drive ratings, which, of course, is the thing. But I think they can do that even better if it's just a 20-22 to team format and they don't have to put a team like Chicago and Montreal in just because of, oh, they're going to play ratings uh, favoritism bullshit, which I just really don't care about. But overall, my thoughts on this situation, if they can, you know, get three buys per division, you know, that may like for the Metro, which is obviously one of the, I think the best division in hockey, Washington, Pittsburgh, Philly, which is most likely what it's going to be on the Atlantic, you know, Boston, Toronto, Tampa, um, which is most likely what it's going to be. Then you have the Pacific, which no one really knows that division is so close. And then the central, of course, St. Louis is going to be one of them. You know, Dallas can be up there, Colorado, um, just so much, so much more, um, it's going to be interesting to see if this gains more traction this week. I think we'd be getting, we could be getting close to an announcement um, very soon, according, according to at least to Pierre Lebrun and Darren Dreger. They have the Board of Governors meeting today, so that could come up um, at this meeting as well. But with that, it is now time to talk about Built Bar again. They are tasty protein bars. They taste just like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors, 8 chocolate nut free flavors, covered in 100% chocolate. Soft and easy to chew. They are very healthy. They are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. The peanut butter brownie is still my favorite. I've been trying some new ones, but you know, this one is still the best one, I think, in my opinion. 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. Go to builtbar.com. We have the same offer. Use promo code locked on. You'll get $10 off your first order. Um, I don't know about you, but that's pretty awesome if you ask me. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. All right, so we are back for this episode of Locked On Penguins, which is May 18th. This is also the uh, the first time I went tailgating at a concert with my family. So, um, man, that's pretty awesome. Let's see here. We go here. In 1995, Ken Reggett stopped 33 shots to shut out the Capitals to win Game 7 of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals. That score was 3 nothing. 96, the Penguins dropped Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals to the Florida Panthers, 5-1. to Still cannot believe they lost that series. That was pathetic. And on this day, 2008, they whooped the Flyers' ass 6-0, to won the Eastern Conference Championship in five games. They got to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time since 1992. I can actually pull up that Doc Emmerich call. I was just able to actually pull it up. So here is the call from Doc Emmerich that sent the Penguins to the Stanley Cup Final. Yeah, so that was it. Had been quite a while. So let's see if I can do my math here. Okay, yeah, I got it. Sixteen years. I'm just messing with you all, but yeah, sixteen years since the Penguins had gone to the Stanley Cup final. They just absolutely kicked the Flyers' ass this year. I remember watching that when I was only 
10 years old. I still can't, <laughs> time has really flown by since that run. And, um, yeah, they, they just, the Flyers stood no chance in that series. The Penguins were just so good. Mark Andre Fleury, that was, I think, his best playoff season, I, I would say, in his uh, Penguin tenure. I know 2009 was pretty good for a bit too. 2017, of course, during the first two series. But 2008, he was just outstanding. You know, his save percentage was, I think it was over 930, I think, that whole playoff run. I can actually look that up right now as I go to his hockey reference. Um, let's see, 2007, 2008, he was, let's see here if I can actually get it. Yeah, 933, that run, compared to 2009 when he was 908. Flurry was still good that um, playoff run, but still, he was 933, and then 2016-17 with the Penguins, 924. So yeah, he was, that that was easily his best uh, playoff season. His goals against average in that playoff run, 1.97. That is absolutely ridiculous. I, we've never really seen Mark Andre Fleury have a run like that. He was just stopping everything. But that run was just so awesome, though, because of just the way the Penguins were. They were just like kind of underdogs going into it, and then you know you go up against the Red Wings, who that's the best team of the salary cap era. Um, I don't want to hear any arguments otherwise. You really can't argue otherwise. They just. They had so many players in the prime of their careers. You know, a prime Pablo Datsu, Henrik Zetterberg, Tomas Holmstrom, Todd Bertuzzi. You know, Chris Osgood was actually pretty decent still that season. They still had Valtteri Filpula, Chris Draper, Brian Rafalski, Nicholas Lidstrom, who's obviously the best defenseman I've ever seen play um, of my generation. You know, I think Andreas Lilja was still there. I think you know, I think this was when Darren Helm, I think, was still there. I'm trying to remember if Justin Abdelkader was still there. He may have been. Daniel Cleary. I mean, the, the, the list just goes on and on and on. I know I left out probably so many names, but that team was just disgustingly sick. And the fact that the Penguins were able to take that to six games, hell, they almost took that game six into overtime. Uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty insane. You know, I think a big what if we can do this just for a quick second. You know, what if Hosa scores to tie that game there in the waning seconds? of game six you know do the penguins win that game in overtime do they send it back to detroit for that um all decisive game seven you know what no one knows what happens in that game seven you know that the penguins they played their asses off in that game six i remember just watching afterwards when the red wings were celebrating and they just they, they like they were just sitting there they just they look stunned and you know i think that's really the word that you can use i mean i think any team would be pretty stunned or of course upset when they lose a Stanley Cup final like that but you know i think at that point i think i've listened to Sidney Crosby interviews he's basically said you know you never know if you're going to ever get back to that point that's why it was just so tough Melon Arena was just electric that run it was so awesome to see so many fans outside the arena um just cheering them on same for 2009 um, that, that's what that, that was, those are moments where I miss Mellon arena the most because it's just, it really is spectacular. And yeah, you know, it's just, I, I guess that's one big, what if moment there, you know, what if the Penguins were able to win that game six and send it back to Detroit, but you know the red, the red, the red wings were just too good that series, especially in that game. You know, I, I know the Penguins were able to win in triple overtime in game five, Peter Sikora, you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think he called a shot. I think he said he was actually going to score the overtime winner. And then, you know, of course he did, you know, I, I wish I could have stayed up to watch that game, to be honest. I, <laughs> my, there was no chance my mom or any of my family was letting me. Um, I think my mom did though, but you know, she's all, she was, of course, you know, she's way older, so she can do whatever the hell she wants. But other than that, you know, those three things I mentioned, not too much else happened in uh, Penguins history. 
uh, today. Over the weekend, we did have the, a few years ago, we had Sidney Crosby's overtime winner against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That happened. Um, it, it always just looks like he bends, like the, the puck just bends for like some reason and it just goes in, you know, there's something that happens when Crosby shot that pocket. It just, it just changes its angle or something like that. And it was just bad. It's just badass to see every time I watch it. So, um, we had that. And then on, uh, May 15th, we had the Phil Kessel, um, game winner against Ottawa for game two when, you know, after we're, after he, uh, him and Malkin were just sparring on the bench. It was just so funny to see. And then Chris Kunitz, of course, was seen laughing in the middle, but Kessel was able to score there. One, nothing win for the Penguins to send it back to Ottawa, where we know what happened in game three. And we know what happened for the rest of that series. So that was pretty fun to talk about. If I do say so myself on this pretty cloudy, potentially going to be a rainy day here in Northern Virginia. All right, so for this last segment, it's going to be a quick little shorter one. Um, Today we had the NHLPA Fortnite Trios Tournament, and three players from the Penguins participated. If you guys did not see, Brian Rust, Zach Aston-Reese, and defenseman Brian Dumoulin played in the Trios Tournament. They had a bunch of players from almost all the teams. Um, Nathan McKinnon was on the Colorado's Trio. Um, We had Carolina, Sebastian Ajo, Tevo Teravainen, Brad Pesci. I think, uh, of course, Zach Hyman was commentating. He was basically casting it. Trying to think of other we got Devontae Smith Pelly, uh Travis Konechny was doing it. Uh, I think Mitch Marner, Frederick Anderson, I think we had JT Brown um was doing it. Vince Vince Dine, Robert Thomas of the Blues. The Blues ended up getting first, their trio. The Penguins got second. Uh, only five points off of first. They played um <laughs> this is okay. I'm gonna have to be careful how I talk about this because you know I'm a very avid gamer and Fortnite is one of the main games that I play. Um they act the, the Penguins trio actually played really, really well. They were able to get to the end of the game, which is, of course, the goal. You know, kills are a big part of the game, I would say. But um, the object of the game is to, of course, win. You know, it's not a bot fest or a kill fest, as, I, as other people like to say. The Penguins, I think, uh, in two of their games, they got third place. One of the games, they got second. And then their fourth game, they actually won with a 2v1 at the end. The Winnipeg Jets team of Connor Hellebuck and Jack... Roslovich and I'm trying to remember the other guy. Um, they got third. They were in first for most of the time, but the Penguins, that trio was able to get second, $50,000 uh, to a charity of their choice. The Blues, um, they got $100,000 to a charity of their choice. So yes, this is all the, all the money is going to a charity of the trio's choices. It was really, really cool to watch. Um, you really don't get to see a lot of NHL players just, you know, squad up and play video games, especially when it's like league wide. It's really awesome that the players association organized that. Um, like I said, Zach Hyman of the Leafs, he was uh, casting it. Yet uh, Nick, I'm trying to think, uh, Nick EH, he's a Twitch streamer. He was also casting it. And then the, the host, the other guy, I can't really remember his name. I've actually had never seen him before. But the Penguins, the interview that they gave after was um, just, it was just really, really funny because they were just so in character. They didn't really have to say much here. I'll play a little bit of the interview, the interview here for you guys let me just get to it so yeah here's here's the interview right here with the uh penguins trio i'll play it uh right here for you guys second place at the nhlpa open featuring Fortnite. how's everybody feeling after those four matches uh pretty good yeah that was awesome now i just i I love i love how they just say yep pretty good yeah that was awesome (laughs) it's like it's like the penguins like pr uh social media team it's like they just train them exactly for this moment they're like pretty good yep we played well you know not really much else to say i'll keep uh playing the interview here for you guys just a little bit more 
We talked a lot about consistency, and finally you guys were able to secure yourselves a victory royale in that fourth and final match. What was going through your head in those final stages? Uh, because it was quite chaotic uh, with the way that the Storm Surge was moving in that fourth match. Uh, we were just trying to get good rotations. Um, trying, I know the point is to kill other people, but we were just trying to get good rotations and uh, attack from there, and it ended up working out pretty well for us in the last game. It was a valiant effort by a lot of you guys, and with $50,000 towards charity, have you guys decided exactly which one you're going to put it towards? No, we haven't decided on that yet. It's just okay. So the, the the person who's asking the question is uh, Bill Carter. Yeah, that's who it was. I completely forgot. But still, it's just I just find it so funny how the Penguins, the players, they just don't say anything <laughs> compared to the other player teams that they interviewed. Winnipeg, they were a lot more talkative. St. Louis was a lot more talkative. And the, Peng the Penguins players have always, some of them have always just been, you know, they're more low key, especially with their game day interviews. You know, I honestly just felt like I was watching a post game interview after their hockey games because that's really all they say too. So like I said, it, it's just funny how you know their PR team. Our social media team, they just, they prepare them for these moments. So um, I thought that was really funny. But yeah, I, I thought this would be a little cool segment to do. Um, I totally forgot that this was today. Um, I, um, right up until, honestly, when it started, I was like, oh yeah, crap, this actually is today. But it was really, really fun to watch. If you guys watched it, uh, let me know what you think. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. We'll be back later this week with another episode of this podcast. So stay tuned for that. And I hope you all have a great rest of your day. And we will talk to you soon.